The Mental Wealth Podcast, hosted by Justin Little, is proud and honored to announce that we are now sponsored by BetterHelp.com. During hard times, it can get really difficult if you don't have anyone to talk to. Being alone with your thoughts can be an isolating feeling that can allow negativity to consume you. I know for me personally, this past year of 2022 has been one of the toughest years of my life. In fact, many of us throughout the pandemic have experienced more mental health concerns than ever before. For me personally, having someone that I can trust to talk to, to give me the therapy that I need has made me feel better and allowed me to cope. That is why I am proud to be sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp has customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million-plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. So many people use BetterHelp that they are currently recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Mental Wealth. That's BetterHelp.com slash Mental Wealth. Go get that 10%. And most importantly, take care of yourselves. Welcome. I'm Justin Little, host of the Mental Wealth Podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, and Google, and now heard in 31 plus countries worldwide. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, follow, and share this podcast, and feel free to leave us a review. To support us, find us on Instagram at the mental underscore wealth podcast, and be sure to visit our brand new website, www.mentalwealthpodcast.org. That's www.mentalwealthpodcast.org. If you'd like to support us financially, be a guest, or sponsor an episode, please email us at contacttmwp at gmail.com. As always, please take the time to invest into your mental health, wealth, and well-being. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Justin Little, and you're listening to the Mental Wealth Podcast.
I'm just extremely extraordinary, privileged, and honored, and I still need to process some of this, but let's come back Monday. Come back next week, and uh, we're going to have a conversation about it. So I'll be able to tell you all about the experience and what it meant to me personally. Greetings. I'm your host, Justin Little, and this is the Mental Wealth Podcast. This is your first time listening, if you don't recognize that clip. It's from last week's episode, episode number 54, Shallow Waters. Definitely go listen to it right now. Anita Kopach, great interview. Thank you, Anita. I thought about taking this week off because uh, I'm exhausted, to be honest with you. There's a lot on my mind. But I felt like it would not be my duty as a podcaster to not come in here. Talk that talk. It's my honor, it's my privilege to welcome you to my podcast, the Mental Wealth Podcast. Again, wherever you've come from, wherever you found out about us from, thank you for being here. I want to tell you a story. A story that starts about a year ago in the fall. New York City Mental Wealth Expo. Big event, celebrities, mental health speakers, perfect place for a new budding podcaster to be. But Justin was there, but he wasn't there. I look back on pictures from that event and I recognize, or rather I don't recognize myself. Smiling on the outside, but dying on the inside. I seriously thought about killing myself that weekend. In fact, I recorded it. And if, if you're new to the podcast, it's, it's there. Go search it. Listen to the episodes around that time frame to understand my mindset. It wasn't good. But I persevered. Because I saw the vision. Later that, that year, I had a serious surgery and complications from that surgery that put me out of commission for months. Infections that threatened my life for months. But I persevered because I saw the vision. January 2022, me and my wife at the time separated. And while it was amicable on my side of things, it wasn't on hers. Don't worry, we're high leveling and I'm not going to go into the weeds because it's, it's there and on the podcast somewhere. Just go find it. There were people who I loved and cared about who weren't there for me. But I persevered because I saw the vision. Throughout the year, I had the privilege to speak on stages, national stages on mental health, grow my brand and podcasts, 
in ways that I never thought I could. I also faced rejection. Around the time of the separation, I had applied to speak at the White House as part of 30 mental health advocates to speak on youth mental health. Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy, Dr. Jill Biden, the First Lady, Dr. Alfie, Selena Gomez, MTV sponsored it. Semi-finalist was not selected for the finalists. I was disappointed because I was like, at this point in time in the year, I needed that so much. I needed that validation to keep going. And at that moment, I thought about giving up. But I persevered because I saw the vision. Around the same time of the year, I stopped speaking to my father and my mother because I didn't feel like I got the support, the love, the affirmation, and the validation that I needed from my parents. So that if I wasn't going to get that, well, there's no need for us to have a relationship. I persevered because I saw the vision. Later in the year, I was again tried through other personal situations in my life. Even through reconnecting with my mom, I'm still to this day not speaking to my father. We don't have a relationship. It's been six months. I persevered because I saw the vision. Back in July, the divorce became final legally, and I fell into a depression because I didn't know how to move forward with the idea of knowing that it was over. I cut people off, I secluded myself, and I tried to process. That almost broke me, but I persevered because I saw the vision. Now let me bring you up to date, September. A few weeks ago, I get an invitation, an email saying, the White House is inviting you a night where, where hope and history rhyme, featuring Sir Elton John, the President of the United States, and Dr. Jill Biden would like to invite you to the White House. Now, you have to understand when I read this invitation, <laughs> I'm thinking, like, this, <laughs> someone's pranking me, right? This can't be legit, right? It's got to be spam. But the email was concise. The email looked legit itself, but I'm like, there's no way. So shout out to Dr. Alfie, who's a friend, a mentor. I reached out and I said, can you validate this email? And she said, that's legit. I reached out to another friend, a friend who actually had been selected on that committee that I didn't get selected on. 
and I validated with him as well because he had been to the White House before. Yeah, that's legit, bro. I was so confused, excited, all over the place. I went on the website, and the White House does an extensive background check on you before you even could be selected. And then you go to the portal. They want all your information, like as if they don't have it already, right? Your social and your address, where you've been the last 30 days. You got a passport, all, all these details. It did give me the option to bring a plus one. But even that form, may, I had to have that person's information when I fill it out, their social, their whereabouts. And I didn't even have enough time to process the moment myself, let alone to think about who could I bring, who would I bring. So I RCP'd. They started sending me the details, and I'm still like, this still can't be true, right? Like, I'm Googling things. I don't see anything about it on Google. They did have a call line that no one ever answered, but there was a voicemail that said, yep, yeah, this is for questions. You can leave a voicemail for this event and name the event. Like, so maybe this is legit. It said it was being filmed by TV. So I drive up to D.C. on Friday. And, and... Let me tell you how this almost didn't happen. And this will speak to why the vision is so critical. Perseverance is critical. So a friend of mine who's in D.C., he was like, hey, man, you could park your car at my job. I'll take you. You're good. Well, I got to go get a same-day COVID test at the hotel right across from the White House. I get there. I parked my car in the parking garage. I'm like, I'll just be here a second. They said, well, it's 25 bucks for zero to two hours. I said, well, what is it for all day? They said, well, it's 35, 36 bucks. I said, well, okay, well, I might as well just leave my car here. So I called my friend. I said, yeah, um, I'm just going to leave my car here. Appreciate y'all let you know if I need anything. I'm in street clothes, a hoodie, and some sweatpants. I grabbed my stuff. I got to go get a COVID test, same day result. I go get the COVID test. He said, yeah, we don't hear from you. You don't hear from us 15 minutes. Here's your wristband. You're good to go. Oh, I said, okay. So. Now it's three o'clock. I'm up. I'm up in DC early. The event opens doors at five thirty. I'm right across the street in walking distance, so I'm in a good spot. So I haven't eaten all day. I'm gonna get me a bite. Let me go check out which gate I'm gonna go into later. So I'm I'm ready to rock. I go do that, and then a few minutes later, something tells me let me put my valet parking ticket in my wallet so that I don't lose it later. And when I went to go do that. There was no wallet. Yes, I lost my wallet. I never lose my wallet. My wallet is always with me. So as you can imagine, I am retracing my steps. I am sweating bullets. I'm, it's only a 100-foot a, a block radius it could be in. I go back down to the COVID testing area. I'm searching. Y'all seen anything? Nope, nope. Could I, did I leave it in the car? Did it fall out? Go to the car, search. Had to go to the valley to get them to unlock the car, search it, left, came back, searched it again, couldn't find it. Go to the security desk, calling all these people, ask the Secret Service, have you seen it? We'll take some of your details. Here's your phone number. This went on for an hour. And then culminated with me calling the police to file a report. And they didn't do much. They just said, yeah, here's your, we'll get your number. We'll call you to file a report. And that was it. So mind you, on the cups of one of the most amazing nights of my life, I don't have an ID. 
Now, they've already done an extensive background check on me to get into the White House, but you think I'm going to walk into the White House without showing a form of ID? I would have been crushed. Crushed. Because I got this far for this moment. I persevered because of the vision. And you mean to tell me I'm not going to experience this? So I walk back into the hotel one more time and I'm just hoping that she's heard something. And as I walk in, I pull out my phone and an email pulls up and it's a Google voice message. It turns out that someone found my wallet. Oh, by the way, I was checking my phone. I hadn't canceled anything. I'm like, no one spent money yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before I go crazy and cancel everything. So in this moment, I'm still curious. This message pops up. Someone found the wallet, returned it to their hotel, and inside my wallet, I keep at least one to-do business card. Not my secular business, my podcast business. When I go and speak, when I'm out and about in events, I have a card that has a QR code that link people to the podcast. It has my email, my website, my title, things that I'm doing. And it has a phone number. Now, this phone number isn't my direct personal line. It's a Google voice number that's free that if you ring it, will call my personal number. Now, my phone's on Do Not Disturb, so when it called, I missed it. But Google Voice transcribes the message. And in the voicemail, I want to read this to y'all. You you can't make these stories up. The voicemail said, good afternoon, Mr. Little. My name is Fifi. I'm calling you from the Phoenix Park Hotel in Washington, D.C. I do have one of my guests who actually found your wallet on the street. We are located at 520 North Capitol Street. The number is blank. You can give us a call back and come pick it up at the hotel. Thank you. Have a good day. Comes to find out my pocket and my back pants was a little short and befuddled. I was jogging across across the street, the walkway to try to make the walk light and it fell out and I didn't realize it. Someone saw it, tried to get my attention. I didn't hear them. They took it back to their hotel and they turned it in. Now, mind you, when I got this email, this was sent to me at 3.56 p.m. on Friday. Doors open at 5.30. I haven't even had a chance to check if I was COVID negative or not. I'm trying to find my wallet. And it was there. I was stressed more than you can believe. But I persevered. Because I saw the vision. So I Ubered there in background trip, picked up the wallet, came back, finally got dressed for the event. Still haven't eaten because I just haven't had time to eat. And now it's time to fulfill what I've been working for, what I've been working towards. All year. But this moment almost didn't happen. So we go into this event. 
mixing around, go through all these layers of security, open bar, a little bit of hors d'oeuvres, meet and network with some people. And I'm trying to understand why, Justin, what did I do to deserve this honor? Well, it turns out that I was one of 2,000 invites. 2,000, that's 365 million people in the United States. 2,000 people. Well, a smaller group of invites, 2,000 people in attendance, each person could bring someone. So there was obviously some plus ones. So I'm not sure what the true invitation, my guess would be so obviously somewhat south of 2,000, you know, maybe something like 1,100, 1,200, whatever. But I was invited because of the work I do in the mental health space, my advocacy, my background, and the work that I've done. Everyone there was there because they were advocates, they were supporters, they were teachers, educators, frontline workers. I'm going to get to the president in a second. Former First Lady Laura Bush was there. Secretary of, I think, Transportation, Pete Butler Judge was there. Mayor Lance, uh, 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 Keisha Lance Bottoms from former mayor of Atlanta was there. A bunch of dignitaries. Billie Jean uh, Holiday or King, I think her name is, tennis legend, has a whole facility. The, the place where Serena Williams and them play in Queens is named after her. And many more that I couldn't even see. But I'm here. And I got a chance to witness them honor Sir Elton John for his advocacy, his commitment to social issues, him raising awareness with HIV and AIDS and taking a stand for change, change makers. I sat next to a guy who works, Evan, who works for A&E and A&E and the History Channel were filming this event for a future television show. Of course, as you can imagine, I'm having imposter syndrome. Like, what am I doing here? Is this really happening? Then everyone gets silent. And the President of the United States of America walks out within about 50 feet of where I'm sitting. Later that night, the President presented Elton John with the humanitarian medal that he was surprised to get. And of course, Elton John performed some of his biggest hits. And it was a night of healing, of hope, of humanity, of reflection. And as you can imagine, as I'm sitting through this moment, I'm thinking of everything I've gone through this year to put me in this position. Before I continue, I want to backtrack because earlier this night, Two other things also happened. I talked to you that it almost didn't happen because I lost my wallet. But once I found it and got back, before I changed my clothes, I had a conference call. Because you remember that event from last year that I spoke about? That I went to, I was healed, it saved my life, but I was ready to go. That event, the Mental Wealth Expo. Sponsored by Charlemagne from The Breakfast Club, iHeartMedia and his alliance, also named the Mental Wealth Alliance. That event? Well, that event's about to happen again in a few weeks on October 8th in New York. 
And that conference call that I was on at five o'clock, it was to confirm my participation in that event. Yes, I will play a role, a small role, in the Mental Wealth Expo, the same event that saved my life a year ago. That conference call happened just before I went into the White House. If there's never been a time more in my life that I believed in God and believed in what I've been purposed to do in my life, it was Friday. But I said there was two things that also happened. Now this is, so I find my wallet at four, Uber there, get back, conference call, that takes 30, 40 minute round trip, midday Friday traffic in DC, five o'clock conference call, the doors open at 5.30, I then buckled to change my clothes to go get in line, walk into the event. At 6.16, now I didn't read this email until later, at 6.16, my divorce attorney emails me saying, I have your certified divorce papers. So of course I've shared before that the divorce was final in July, but now this is certified documents, really closing it into the chapter because it was official when the judge signs off, but certified is what you use for legal documentation going forward. We have them ready, what's your address? We'll mail it to you when you're ready for them. Same day, 6.16 p.m. Closing another door to a chapter where I felt like I could have been defeated, but I persevered because I saw the vision. Now back to the White House. End of the night, the event's over. And guess who walks right by me? President Joe Biden. Now let me just say, I'm not a politician. I'm, I'm a neutral person. I don't vote. I'm educated about some of the things that go on. I went to school. I watch CNN. But I, I, I'm not sitting here, you know, voting for anyone, right? He's the president of the United States of America. I know people in my family, elder people, 60, 70, 80 years old, who've lived through way more presidents than I have, who can never say they've met one face-to-face shook their hand, took a picture with them. In fact, he complimented me. He says, oh, man, you're nice and tall. If I had you back in my day when I played football, it would have been good. And by the way, the Secret Service don't play no games, I might add. We went through all these security points just to get military personnel, Secret Service everywhere. And when he got that close to people, you best believe there was two behind him, three in front of him to the side, looking on every single angle just to make sure. But he was friendly. He shook my hand. He took a picture with me. And now, hopefully one day, I would hope that I outlive President Biden. No offense, sir. I mean, you're like 78, 79. I'm 30. So I would hope I live longer than you. I can tell my kids I met a president. I shook hands with the president. I sat on the White House lawn. I grew up three and a half hours away from this place that I've seen on TV. I've seen driving by from a distance, but I've never sat on the premises. I've never had a conversation with a president. I persevered because I saw the vision. 
I saw that it was possible. If you believe it, you can achieve. There was no more imposter syndrome in me at that moment. I knew that there was a reason why I was sitting there in that seat. People reaching out to me afterward. Oh, were you being honored? No, it wasn't me. But you know what? The honor was being invited. The honor was being looked at for my work and my advocacy that you deserve to be there. But remember, this almost didn't happen. There were so many different hurdles throughout this last year that could have stopped this from happening, but it didn't because I persevered because I saw the vision. And I still see it. And as long as there's breath in my lungs, I'll continue to see it. But you know what was interesting? And I posted this video to my Instagram. I thought about not posting it because it was a moment of true vulnerability. But after I left the White House that night and I'm walking up and down the street, I said that one day I hope that my father will tell me that he's proud of me. That's one of the issues I have with my dad is I don't, I don't feel that connection. I don't feel that affirmation, that validation. See, fathers will say, well, I'm, I was there, I'm, I'm present. But are you really? You might have been there, but you aren't there emotionally to give your child what they need. You have no idea what it would have meant to me after experiencing that night for my father to call me and tell me, I love you, son. I'm proud of you, son. It's still like this void inside of me that messes with me because as much as I want to celebrate it, and yes, I did and will, I still want my dad to be there for me, to feel like he can root for me even if it's not what he visioned for me. But it was my vision. I struggle with it. I posted it, I tagged my, my good brother Doug and Jay and Reggie, brothers who have mentored me and supported me and given us safe spaces, men, to talk about why black men need that validation and that affirmation from women, our mothers, our, our spouses, but most importantly with our fathers. Because a lot of us who didn't get it, we went and sought it from other places. And sometimes those places won't necessarily be the best places to seek it from. And so I pray one day, if it's in the vision, that me and my father can have that conversation. At this moment, I'm content with where I am, but I acknowledge that there is a void. But I am here to tell all of you today that we all have a vision. Even if other people don't see it the way that you see it, even when other people doubt you, they talk bad about you, even in this moment, I'm sure there's people out there like, Will he do it? There's always going to be haters. There's always going to be people who just don't want to support you. They don't want to like you. And you've not done nothing wrong to them. I'm telling you that's okay. Keep going. Keep fighting. 
You can't water everything. You have to be selective. Everyone can't go. Everyone can't be a part of your journey. Understand that just like me, everything I did was to put myself in a position to enjoy something that many will never enjoy. No one can take that moment away from me. No one can. Even when I'm gone, it'll still exist. There's picture proof. Check out my IG. <laughs> and no one can take your moment. So it was important for me to come in here and tell you all this story so that you can get a little bit of glimpse of my journey, of my faith, of my hope. So there may not have been a better way for Elton John to conclude his performance in the event before he got the medal with one of his classic songs, I'm Still Standing. I'd play it if it wasn't an FCC violation. And I don't want to be sued by Sir Elton John. He has way more money than me. Here's the chorus. Don't you know I'm still standing? Better than I ever did. Looking like a true survivor. Feeling like a little kid. And I'm still standing after all this time. Picking up the pieces of my life without you on my mind. I'm still standing. I'm still standing. Know why? Because I persevered. Because I saw the vision. Now, I could have just walked off right <laughs> into the sunset, but I'm going to give y'all one more a couple of gems, some affirmations later, and just a quick, quick little clip of a conversation that I had uh, with Quincy Brown. Now, Quincy Brown, who is that? Some of y'all may not know who that is. Quincy Brown is uh, the biological son of Albie Shore and the late Kim Porter. He is also adopted by and raised by Diddy, Puff Daddy, Combs, Sean Combs, however you know him by the music mogul. You probably know that name, even if you're not a hip hop fan, right? He isn't today. He's a you know celebrity, an actor. Uh, he is a you know, artist as well, rapper, artist. He was on Clubhouse. Shout out to the rundown of the team over there for holding a space. He's on a show right now called Raising Kane, and it's a power show. And he had just had a phenomenal performance, and they they were interviewing him. It was kind of open stage, and of course, you know me, the mental health advocate in me is just uh, going to take an opportunity to talk about mental health, right? So uh, he's been through a lot. He unexpectedly lost his mother about four years ago. And he was still in his 20s. He's the oldest of, of her children. And I wanted this to check in with him. So I want y'all to just take a listen to our conversation is not that long. It's just a few minutes. And I thought that maybe this could help some people. I want to ask you is um, just, I, I want to check in on, on you, on your mental health. I'm a, I'm a mental health advocate. And, you know, we all know um, it's been a rough few years for you, right? You and your family. Uh, talk to me through, you know, how you deal with grieving your mother, um, losing her, still in your 20s. I know it's been about four years now. Um, just, you know, how, how are you taking care of yourself? What's your self-care like? How are you uh, from the mental health perspective? Great, great question. Thank you for asking. Um, I feel like it's a constant work in progress. 
you know, something, you know, that is specific, you know, because you we have a big family, you know, and you feel responsible, you know, for everybody. And I think, you know, everybody feels responsible for everybody. So I think really keeping us, we got closer, you know, through these past couple of years. And I feel like we found a closeness that we didn't know existed, you know, and I think that's been the biggest, you know, side of it, you know, to be able to like relax and not have to think about much, but then really know we have each other, you know, sometimes you, you know, you say you got somebody back, but you don't know what that means. You know, you don't really know how to have their back, you know, and I feel like we've grown as a family, you know, even on a communication level, you know, to just know how to talk to each other. We didn't realize we actually didn't know how to talk to each other. <laughs> so really growing as a family has, you know, helped that process, you know, grieving. Everybody goes through different, you know, processes. But really seeing my sister sprout and grow, you know, through this has been rewarding for me because that was my biggest worry, you know, it kept me up at night no matter what. Um, I have, you know, spoken or took up a therapist and, you know, I haven't done much of it, but I feel like it helps, you know, um, outside perspective and it was probably one of the most beautiful things, you know, especially when it comes to something like this, such a heavy happening. Um, but yeah, it's a constant work in progress, you know, definitely more happy days than sad, I say nowadays. So thank you for that question. Yeah, just a real quick side follow up to that. Any, any, and thank you for sharing that. I think it's so important for black men to talk about mental health. Um, and any pressure that you feel like being the oldest, because you got all your, you know, you got all the siblings looking up to you, you, you know, you were still kind of young when it happened, but you're still the oldest, right? And any pressure on you, you know, when you talked about like your little sisters and your little brothers? Definitely. I feel like I won't be able to like not feel that even though it's actually not that, you know, because it's like you say that pressure, but then it's like I feel it as responsibility, but then I don't feel the pressure of the responsibility, you know, um, you know, when responsibilities grow, you know, it takes you for a trip sometimes, you know, so it's really knowing where to put your love and efforts, where to really take that me time. Because being the oldest, I do want to be, you know, the leader. You know, I'm like the second dad in the family. So whatever it is to kind of like keep that going, I'm going to continue to do. You know, if it may feel a little pressured at times, because I can't do everything, you know. We want to feel responsible. Sometimes we want to just be involved, you know, in areas that sometimes we don't need to be. Um, but yeah. Like love, bro. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right, before we get to the next question. I just thought it was important to share that clip with you guys. And, you know, it was just a three, four-minute clip. But I think it's so important for us to check in with each other to talk. He, he's talked about a lot of important things in there, right? He talked about doing therapy, whether he's regular with it or not. He has gotten some benefit from it. Talking about being closer with his family, talking more, being around more. Um, this is a man who's 31 years old. I mean, so he he's a peer to me, right? Like we're you're just a year older, still learning, still growing yourself, and then still having siblings who are some in their early 20s, some who are still teens, and just being there for them without your mother being there. So I just loved the opportunity to ask him to check in with him, and I wish him the best. And again, thank you, Rundown, for the opportunity to even uh, tap in, you know, holding that space. So. 
again, you know, run down for sure. Keep holding those great spaces. Y'all make sure y'all tap in with him on Clubhouse. He has a huge platform over there. Uh, you know, it, it's just is so, so important that we have these conversations about mental health, that we that we really just gnaw at it and open it up. And you saw he was appreciative of that question because honestly, I don't know if he gets that question a lot. How often do people really get checked in with from that perspective? We just assume you're rich, you got money, you got the blue check, you got all these likes and follows that you must be good. Who knows what this brother's going through? I couldn't imagine what it would be like to lose my mother at this age. And so light and love to you, Quincy Brown, man, wishing the best of success with all your future endeavors. And hopefully you guys uh, definitely enjoyed that, uh, that clip as well too. So a few things that I want to share before we get out of here, this might be like, well, definitely, I'm definitely going to take a week off. I'm going to be honest, folks. I haven't had an opportunity to truly process everything yet. And I still have events coming up next week, Philly next week after that, New York, there's a few, a lot of things going on in October. I'm going to be busy. So, I'm definitely taking a week off of the pod, maybe two. So in that time, please make sure you're tapping in with the YouTube. I'll try to release some real content, some things that we haven't put up there yet. Um, the short form content's doing better. Tapping with us on Facebook, the Mental Wealth Podcast, on YouTube, the Mental Wealth Podcast. Make sure you visit our site, mentalwealthpodcast.org, and that you're tapping in with our IG as well. Um, we're going to be posting some content on there as well, too, at least a week, maybe two, but stay in contact with us, follow up, follow me there for any future announcements. But I just need some time, honestly, to process it. If you take some time, catch up on some episodes you may have missed, because that happens. I mean, there's a lot out there. This is the 55th episode, uh, but I'm going to definitely take some time for me. Uh, what I didn't share even earlier after coming back from the White House came, I didn't stay over. I, I got back home like about 3 a.m. Saturday morning, and then I went to an event Saturday afternoon, shout, shout out to Shattered, um, Shattered of Silence and the Sarah Michelle uh, Peterson uh, Foundation and all the good work that you guys have done over there. They had like between 150 to 200 people show up, uh, teen panels, teenagers, people and uh, focusing really on our, on our high school and middle school age kids talking about mental health, parents showing up, a bunch of resources, practical sources. Uh, food as well. It was an amazing event. Giveaways. I won a gift card and a raffle. So it was so awesome to support it. I wasn't sure if I would be able to make it, but I'm so happy for their event and their success. And hopefully I can continue to support them. And there's a few other um, amazing organizations that have events coming up. Enjoy, by the way, look up Enjoy on Instagram. Shout out to Drew Therapy over there and all the great work she's doing. She has events coming up. Uh, in September and October. So I'm going to just take a backseat for a few, maybe a week or two, just try to process things, try to support my newfound friends in my area and some of the work they're doing and just learn. Because as I was having some conversations with people yesterday at this, at this event, there was so much information I was taking to bring back here, to bring back to my space on Clubhouse, to bring back to my community. And I want to be a change maker. I want to continue to use my voice to advocate because it's got me this far. You know why? Because I persevered and saw the vision. So look for it soon. Definitely tap in with our episodes. Before I get to the affirmation, here's a cool little quote about vision, right? Vision is the art of seeing what is invisible to others. Vision is the art of seeing 
what is invisible to others. What's your vision? What's your purpose? What's your plan? Thank you for tuning in to episode number 55 of the Mental Wealth Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed my story, my life. It felt so good getting this off my chest. I really thought about taking this week off, but I needed to put it, I needed to record. And so take some time off in the coming weeks or so. I'll come back refreshed, um, full, and ready and excited to finish out season number two of the Mental Wealth Podcast. After this, I think we only got like four more episodes, five more to go or something like that. So stay tuned with us, tap in with us. Here's the affirmation of the day, folks. Every low helps me grow. I didn't come this far to only come this far. I make decisions with my happiness and comfort in mind. I have the power to change my story. I know and love myself. I find gratitude in my past experiences, and I give myself grace as I navigate transcending them. I'm getting myself exactly where I want to be. I am important. I am needed. I matter. You want to know why I continue to persevere despite it all? It's because you, my listeners, my audience, you, my peers and fellow advocates doing the work, it's you, you mental health professionals on the front line. It's you. My fellow survivors, it's you, those who we couldn't save, who we lost, but we honor. It's you, all of you. I persevere because you, you're my vision.